You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome back. I'm Nancy Ruffin, host of the Woman of Faith podcast, the podcast where today's woman comes to get her weekly dose of faith, inspiration, and encouragement. Every week, I share tips on breaking through imposter syndrome, letting go of limiting beliefs, and stepping into God's promise over your life. Listen, Understanding God's promises to us is so important because if we don't stand in the truth of God, then we will fall for the lies of the enemy. And the truth is that you, me, all of us have been created for so much more. Yet, we keep ourselves stuck because we get so comfortable doing whatever it is we've been doing for years that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to step into something greater. Our comfort zone keeps us safe and doing something new. I mean, to be honest, it's scary, right? And so many of us are afraid of the unknown. We don't like to go into uncharted waters. And um, so we end up staying in our comfort zone because we're afraid. And how often... Do many of us stay in boring, unfulfilling jobs because it's safe, because it's the thing that we know, because we don't have to work harder, right? Because we've already gotten accustomed to our daily routine. We know what our daily tasks are and we just come, we show up and we do our job. And for some of us, that's enough, right? Others stay in unhealthy, toxic relationships Because we're afraid to start over or even worse, right? We're afraid to be alone. And then who said that being alone is a bad thing? But for whatever reason, we have allowed ourselves to be conditioned, to be bamboozled into believing that being alone is the worst thing that could happen to us. So instead of being alone, we stay in relationships that don't necessarily serve us just because we have someone there. And I don't know about you, but for me, God forbid, uh, me and my husband don't work out. I am done with limiting myself to anything um, because I don't want to be by myself. Like I love myself so much that I actually enjoy my own company. So for me, being alone is not the worst thing that could happen. But I digress. The point I'm trying to make is that we never take a chance on our dreams because we convince ourselves that we're not qualified enough, we're not ready enough, we're not smart enough. We attach ourselves to whatever role society and culture has conditioned us to believe that we are. And frankly, all of it is nonsense, right? We, we allow people to get in our heads. And this is why it's so important for us to stand in the truth of God, 
Because when you arm yourself with God's word, when you know what his purpose for your life is, why you were created, then you won't allow your mind to be infiltrated with so many negative messages from people who don't know you, for people who don't know, from people who don't know what you're capable of, from people who are miserable in their own lives and frankly just want to pass that misery on to others. This is also one of the reasons I hate labels and titles because they limit us and they place us in a box as if we could only be one thing. But the truth is, that we're so many things and these many things they can all coexist we don't have to choose one over the other like we can be all of the things right because for example i'm a mom i'm a wife i'm a friend but i'm also a healthcare leader a mindset coach, a podcast host, a Bible, a Bible study leader, um, an author, a poet. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? I, I've done so many things, but I don't want to be known by the things that I've done because there's so many things for me yet to do. And so when we limit ourselves to the things that, we do, that we've done, then it gives the perception or the impression that we can only do those things, that we can't do anything else. And I refuse to limit myself to one label or title or one thing. I, I want to be able to you know, tap into untapped markets, things that I haven't done yet. I don't even know what are the things, you know, that I haven't done yet are the things that I'm going to be passionate about one year, two years, five years from now. But I don't want to place a limit on myself by calling myself one thing versus another. The possibilities of what I can do, of what you can do are limitless, right? And so in the same way that the possibilities are limitless, then we are limitless. I am limitless and so are you. And frankly, the only boundaries and limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. Every time we open our mouths and we say, I can't do this or I don't have the experience or there's no way, all of that is attracting the the. Is, is not attracting things to us, right? Because we're saying the things that we can not do. And honestly, when I look at myself, when I look at the quote unquote titles or labels that other people have attached to me based on the things that I have done, you know, um, it's really easy for us to get caught up in titles, right? And if we allow ourselves to get caught up in titles, um, then we believe that we are that. Right. But then what happens when the title is stripped from you? What happens when you're no longer in that role? Do you cease to exist, to be, to have accomplished those things that you accomplished while you're, you were serving in those roles? No. Right. It, you're still the same person. And so for me, when I think about that, I try not to identify, identify myself by titles or roles, because for me, I have one purpose in life, and that is to serve. And I do that in so many ways. I use my gifts, skills, and talents to serve others. And whether it's through my healthcare job or my books or this podcast, the goal is always the same, right? To help others tap into their God-given potential and use their gifts to help 
and serve others in whatever way that looks like for them. Because the way that I serve may not necessarily be the same way that you serve or the next person serves. But the bottom line is, is that we have all been placed on this earth for a specific purpose to serve each other in some specific way through our own unique gifts and talents. So, for example, if your gift is that you're a great cook, you should be using that gift to serve others through food and nourishment. If your gift is that you're great at taking pictures, you should be using that gift to serve others by capturing their most precious and memorable moments. If your gift is nutrition and health, then you should be using that gift to educate others on how to better care for their bodies through nutrition and exercise. But do you see what the common thread is here? Right? It's service. That's it. You know, we spend so much time trying to figure out what our quote-unquote purpose is. But I believe that there's only one purpose for all of us in life, and that is to serve. I think that the more difficult part is figuring out in what ways we're going to serve and how can we use the things that we're good at, the things that come easy to us, the things that we're gifted at, the skills that we've acquired through education, you know, and, and um, and training, how can we take those things and use them to serve others? So it's not that you have to figure out what your purpose is, is that you have to figure out what are the things that you already possess that you can use to serve others. We all have been created to do God's work here on earth, and he has equipped all of us with specific gifts and talents to do just that. Just like every part of our body has a specific function that is equally as important as the next, we too, as members of the body of Christ, have a specific function. And no one part of our body is more important than the other. And no one person is more important or more valuable than the next. We need all our body parts to function like they're supposed to, so that we can remain alive and healthy and well. And if one area of our body is in pain or hurting, our whole body feels it, right? Like if you get a headache, you might not feel the headache, you know, on your hands or in your legs, but your whole body doesn't feel well. Whenever you're sick, when you have congestion and you can't breathe through your nose, yeah, it's annoying, right? And you can't breathe through your nose. And even though your other body parts are functioning, overall, you don't feel well. And the same is true for us. When one member of the body of Christ is in pain or hurting, the whole world feels it. And not the whole world, like if I'm in New York and, I'm, and you know, someone is here hurting or in pain, someone in China is going to feel it. But the whole world as it relates to where you're physically, where you physically are, right? Um, so when we think about why there is so much evil and crime, we have to place ourselves in this idea that the reason why evil and crime exist is because there are so many people who are hurting and in pain. Like that is the only reason why evil and crime exist. Evil exists because someone is hurting and they're projecting that inner hurt outward 
into the world, into the community. But the thing is, so often when many of us who are not criminals, right, and who are not evil by nature, when we're hurting and in pain, we believe that we are the only ones going through whatever it is we're going through. Many of us tend to suffer in silence. We don't share our pain. We don't speak about our traumas. We don't talk about what's happening to us mentally. And right, so when we see um, crimes happen in the street, when we see, you know, serial killers, um, this is because they are projecting all of this trauma and pain that they have internalized, that they haven't sought help for, that they haven't spoken about, right? And they're hurting other people because we know that hurt people hurt people. And so for the rest of us, when we're hurting and in pain, we convince ourselves that we're all alone in our pain and that no one could possibly understand what we're going through. But the truth is so many of us are going through many of the same things. We just choose to suffer through them in silence. You know, and for me, because I'm Latina, growing up culturally, I was taught that things that happen in our household, we don't talk about, right? We don't air our dirty laundry. De esas esa cosas no se hablan, whatever esas cosas are, right? We just don't talk about certain things, that what happens in the house stays in the house, and so what happens is, and, what, and the danger there is in that, is that we grow up with that mentality, with that belief, with that mindset. And so then when we get older, or not even, because many of us have experienced traumas as children. And so we tend to carry all of that in silence. We never talk about it. And what ends up happening is it starts to destroy us from the inside. You know, and maybe you've been taught that showing emotion is a sign of weakness, right? So not necessarily, maybe you do talk about it. Maybe you have air dirty laundry, but instead of owning the feeling of it, you brush it off and it's like, well, you know, that happened to me, but you know, I got through it because you haven't been allowed to really be vulnerable in that space or to really feel um, the feeling that's attached, you know, to, to the hurt and to the trauma because to do that, to show emotion would make you appear weak, and there's right society will lead us to believe that there's nothing worse <laughs> than to appear weak, right? Because when you're you appear weak, then people can take advantage of you. Or maybe you've been taught to pretend like everything is okay, even when you're falling apart, because appearances matter, right? You don't want people to think that your life is a mess. You know, so we cover up everything that's happening in the inside by making sure that we look impeccable on the outside. But doing these things doesn't serve us and they definitely don't heal us. In fact, they do the exact opposite. They make us feel worse. They leave us isolated. They feel, you know, they leave us, you know, breaking from the inside. So on this week's episode, I really wanted to spend some time talking about the power in sharing our story and how sharing our stories, no matter how painful, no matter how shameful we've convinced ourselves they are, is the greatest thing that we can do to heal ourselves and to build community. 
So after this break, we're going to get right into this week's topic. So make sure you grab yourself a pad, paper, if you want to jot down some notes, um, but get ready to, you know, kind of get your mind blown on the importance of storytelling um, and how you, your very story is attached to someone's healing. We'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Women of Faith podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. I'm back. Thank you for sticking around. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I don't know how you found me, but thank you. I am grateful that you are here. And if you are an OG supporter, thank you for your loyalty. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you leave a comment or review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure that you share us with your family and friends. Your comments, ratings, and shares can help other amazing listeners like yourself find us. And I mean, sharing is caring. So why would you not want to share all of the insights, all of the gems, all of the goodness that you have been getting from listening to the podcast, right? You don't want to be selfish and keep it just for yourself. Um, But with that said, let's dive right in to this topic. So as humans, we are addicted to stories, whether you admit it or not, you are. That's why we love Bojinche. <laughs> that is why we, you know, love and we're so invested in our favorite TV shows or our favorite movies. It's the story that captures like our hearts, right? It's the story that gets us invested in what's happening to the main characters, even in our own lives. We spend our days telling our own stories and hearing the stories of others. Like, you know, for example, when you get with your girlfriends, right? You're like, oh, girl, let me tell you what happened, right? Because we want to hear the story. We want to know what happened. And so storytelling is so important. I mean, look at social media. Most social media platforms right now are based off of snippets of storytelling. Instagram, for example, has a feature dedicated to stories because they understand that it's through our stories that we connect with others and build community. Like, isn't that the whole goal, the whole purpose of social media? Even this podcast, the point of it is to establish a community to establish a relationship with you, my listener. And I do that by storytelling, right? And whether it's um, through my own personal experiences or through other stories that I have heard, this is why it keeps many of you coming back and tuning in. And for me, I'm a writer. I've been writing stories since elementary school. So it's natural for me to just want to get right in to the story. And I remember when I published my first book, even though I've been a writer for the majority of my life, 
when I published my first book, I was so afraid of being open and being vulnerable because I was sharing so many things in my book that I had only shared with like the people closest to me. So like my best friends, my sister, but I had never shared a lot of those things publicly and mostly because I was ashamed and I was embarrassed and, you know, and in my head, I was like, well, if I say these things, if I share these things, what are people going to think about me? What are they going to say? And so in my book, Welcome to Heartbreak, I shared so many things for the first time. I shared the struggle that I had with infertility and how hard it was for me to get pregnant. And as a Latina, I carried so much shame around that because I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to get married. I was supposed to have kids. And a lot of that stems too, right? Like from society and from this quote unquote idea of what um, the American dream is supposed to be. And when I couldn't get pregnant easily, I... I don't know if I, I I was disappointed in myself. I think that that's the word I'm looking for. I was disappointed in myself because I had internalized so much of my existence and so much of my being around this idea that I was supposed to be a mother, that I was supposed to have kids. Right? And then when you look at the Bible, right, isn't that what the Bible teaches us that we were meant we were put here to procreate, right? Adam and Eve, they were meant to be on this earth and they were meant, you know, to continue to to procreate. And so here I was, you know, a woman, a married woman, um, by all accounts, like on paper, my life was perfect. I had it all together. I already had a home. I had graduated from college. I had a master's degree. I was married. I did everything, quote unquote, the right way and, and whatever that supposed to mean and the one thing that I wanted I could not will my body to do that was the one thing I had to just really release the control over because no matter what I did it wasn't happening and so it required many uh fertility doctor visits it required many intrauterine inseminations it required a lot of prayer frankly like I was doing all the things but ultimately it was going to be God that was going to bless me with this child and I think that the minute I allowed myself to step into that and to really relinquish and surrender and give it to God that was when it happened. And it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen on my time. It didn't happen when I wanted it to happen. But it did happen. And it happened on God's time. And so the first time I ever spoke about that or even shared that was in my book, Welcome to Heartbreak. And when I started talking about this, you know, in my speaking engagements, in my workshops, in my seminars, that was when I realized just how powerful story was. And all of this time, this thing that I had been ashamed of, this thing that I never wanted to share, was the very thing that God was going to use to connect me with so many incredible women. So many women that were going through the same thing, that felt that they were alone, that felt like they were broken vessels, that felt like their lives were meaningless. 
And from hearing me, I gave them hope, you know, and I shared um, some of this this past week and at this event that I spoke at. And then when I was posting on my Instagram, one of the women who I met years ago at another speaking engagement, um, my beautiful sister in faith, Luisa, um, sent me a message and she was saying, yeah, that was exactly what you did for me. You know, because she found herself in a similar situation where she kept praying for a baby and praying for a baby. And we prayed for this baby every single week in my Bible study group. And just the other day, maybe yesterday, a couple of days ago, she sent um, a video of her newborn son sleeping. Right. And that is just one small testimony and how God can use our most painful moments, the most difficult things that we go through, the things that we're embarrassed to talk about, to bless someone else, to give them hope, to inspire them. And I don't know what it is that you have been holding on to. I don't know what story... Um, you are ashamed to tell. But I'm going to tell you that you sharing that story is going to be the very thing that God uses in your life to help someone else. Because all it takes is you to share your story to give another person hope. It's going to help them feel less alone. It's going to help them feel less isolated. For some of you, you're going to save somebody's life, right? Like my story is my story, but there's so many people out there that have have other stories, right? Sur- uh, survivors of trauma, survivors of um, rape, incest, molestation, you know, women who have survived homelessness, physical abuse, domestic abuse, all of these things. And somebody is waiting on you to share that story so that they can find the strength to get themselves up, to get the the motivation or the inspiration that they need to get out of that unhealthy, toxic relationship, just to give them a glimmer of hope that there is light at the end of that dark, dark tunnel. And just like I mentioned this past weekend, I had the privilege to speak at an all women's conference in New York City where I shared my relationship story. And I spoke about the many struggles that my husband and I experienced in our 21 years of marriage. I talked about the many times we broke up, separated, got back together, broke up again, separated, got back together. The many times that I would move out of our home because I was running away from the situation because it was easier to run and not have to deal with it than actually sit there and deal with the mess that we had created. You know, and I was able to talk about that, share a little bit about that and ultimately, you know, share how we finally were able to fix the mess that we had created in our marriage. And so many women reached out to me afterwards expressing just how grateful they were that I was open and that I was honest about the hardships that marriages face 
Because if I'm going to be honest, it's not just the highlight reels that people post on Instagram, right? We see hashtag black love or whatever love, relationship goals, and those things are great. But marriage, having a long, healthy marriage or relationship requires work. And if anyone tells you that marriage doesn't require work, that marriage is easy, they're lying to you. Because when you unite with someone, when you partner with someone for life, you are partnering with a person who ha- who's coming to the relationship with completely different experiences than you. Complete, a completely different way maybe of communicating. Like We come with our whole selves into our relationships. And if we have not taken the time to do the work to heal ourselves before we get in the relationship, then guess what? There are going to be problems in the relationship. And then you're going to have to make a conscious decision on whether or not you want to work on yourself and on the relationship while you're in it. And I think that that's why so many people divorce because they're not willing to do the work. And listen, I'm not telling you to stay in a marriage where there's abuse going on, where your life is being threatened and, you know, your well-being is put at risk, whether that's mental, whether that's physical, like that's not what I'm saying, you know, because there are situations where you should absolutely leave um, if it's going to, if it's hurting, if it's harming you in any way. But there are others, you know, many other situations where people just don't want to try. And they don't want to put in the work. And it's easier to run away and to walk away, you know, like I used to, um, than to sit there and really, one, hold the mirror up to yourself and see the mess that's in your life and deal with it. And then also look at the relationship and say, hey, well, where is it that we need to fix the relationship? You know, but marriages, healthy marriages, healthy relationships, they require work, they require communication, and they require understanding. Uh, And they require commitment. They require commitment because, like I said, it's easy for people to just turn around and walk away because people don't want to deal with the hard stuff. They just want the highlight reel. And that's not reality. And just like I have stories, you have stories too. And your story can save someone. It can give them hope. It can help them feel less alone. And sharing it can heal you too. You'd be surprised. You could, you'd be surprised at how much healing happens when you share your story. Because once you share it, you release it. And with that release, you're releasing the shame. You're releasing the guilt, the feelings of unworthiness. All of it starts pouring out of you once you reclaim your power. See, silence, silence will keep you in bondage. But speaking it out, being vocal about it brings the power back to you because you start to reclaim your voice and your voice, your story is powerful. Don't let anyone silence you. That's what people want. They want you to stay silent. They want you to stay broken. They want you to stay ashamed. Right, Because when you're those things, you're not living up to God's full potential for your life. And I want to tell you that someone's healing is tied to your testimony. So your delay 
And sharing is delaying someone else's healing. Stories are so powerful. Think about just, you know, the people that have impacted you. The stories that have impacted you. And think about what your story can do for someone else. They're the essential building blocks of empathy and human connection. And since the beginning of mankind, of humanity, storytelling has been used to connect, to engage, to inspire, to heal, and to create a brighter future. When we share our stories, we are sharing our lived experiences of struggle, joy, resilience, and survival. And I think that that right there is the most important thing that we show people that we have survived, that we have survived everything that has been designed to break us and to keep us down and to keep us struggling, that we have survived it, that it hasn't broken us, that we have um, lived another day. So that we can tell our story and we can share with others how we were able to overcome. And I think that the greatest gift we can give ourselves and each other is the gift of connection. We were not created to live in isolation, to be in this world alone, you know, to to, um, be lonely. That wasn't God's plan for any of us. That was why he created Eve. Because he created Adam first. And if he didn't think that Adam needed a partner, he would have left Adam alone to roam the world alone with the animals. (laughs) Right. But he didn't. God knew that Adam needed someone. And so he created Eve. So we are meant to live in connection and community with each other. You know, so I want you to think about that. Some more like today, this week, as you go about your own life, think about this gift of connection and what a gift it is to see people as they are and to allow them to see us too. No masks, no facades, unashamed, not perfect, but human. This concludes this week's episode. I hope that it blessed you. Thank you for listening. And as you go about the rest of your week, I challenge you to share a bit of your own story with someone. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Remain open to what God has for you and allow him to use you. Because regardless of what the world has led you to believe about yourself, you have been created for more until next time guys thank you for listening thank you for tuning in to another episode of the woman of faith podcast if this episode blessed you consider supporting us by leaving us a rating giving us a review writing a comment and sharing with your network and if you feel really moved you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed, that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do, and that you never forget that you were created for more.